0: welcome back to the best college football pick and pod in the land as always we come to you from bellyupsports.com he is alan Denton. i am thomas black And, Alan, we are walking into the 2023 college football season. How in the world does it feel as we return to a normal pacing on the podcast for a week-in, week-out look at the college football slate?
1: Bro, we made it. We did it. We did it. We survived the seven and a half months without college football, and we are here, and now we just get to kick back and enjoy it and make some picks. It's finally time to put the previews behind us
0: and let it ride. We are going to let it ride, but before we dive into picks, we have a couple of things that we need to address here on the show just to make sure everybody is on the same page. A lot of you have already found out what we're competing for this season, but in case you're just stumbling across this podcast, in case you followed along with us but didn't listen to any of our tutorials, our prizes this year include... $175 for first place in the ATS Pick'Em, $75 for second place, $25 for third place, and a blackout t-shirt for each of those spots as well. We'll have the exact same prizes in our Confidence Pick'Em as well. And Alan, one of the philosophies I take is if you're one of these people that has followed along All you've traditionally done is pick straight up in a confidence pick 'em with the weighted values. And you go, "Mm, This ATS stuff, I don't really understand it. It's confusing to me. I'm not very good at it. I say, Do not skip on the opportunity to win some cash. You are doing yourself a disservice. And we have seen in the past that sometimes those who do well in the ATS do not do so well in the confidence or vice versa. You could have a hot streak and just kind of stumble on something in an ATS Pick'Em. And I think it would be very advisable for everybody to go ahead and participate in both contests.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's worthwhile, right? And there's so different exercises, different skill sets, different muscles. It's all so much fun.
0: Now, if you're listening to this on megaphone... I would highly encourage you to click one of the links to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts regularly or go search out The Blackout on those platforms. You can search things on Google like The Blackout Podcast, College Football, and you'll find us immediately. And when you go to one of those platforms, you'll see the description in this episode. If you are not signed up, Games kick off at noon Eastern time on Saturday. That's when the contest kick off, and it may be too late by then to be able to join. So if you want to sign up, if you're just listening to this, find the link in the description to sign up and go ahead and sign up. We'll get you on our email list, and we'll get the invitations out to you before games kick off on noon this Saturday. And if you are in the mode where you have just signed up, you're waiting, you're not sure what you're going to find, check your email for an email coming from the blackout pod at bellyupsports.com. Sometimes those will find a junk mail. We don't want any of those getting lost. So if you're waiting on that, just be sure you're checking all your inboxes to make sure you know where it's coming from. That'll have the link to be able to join both our ATS Pick'em over on CBS sports and our confidence Pick'em over on ESPN.com. So, Alan, as we get started, we may as well give a little bit of indication about what we do with our ATS locks, because anybody who's new and doesn't understand the system, they don't understand what kind of competition we're in. Each pick is worth the same value, one point apiece. We go by total points at the end of the contest, along with tiebreakers for your total score, tiebreaker for the game of the week each week in the competition. So, Alan, one of the things we have to understand that as we give ATS locks, would you give us an example of what you think those are and what they should not be misinterpreted as by a listener, say somebody new especially who's listening to the podcast for the first time?
1: Sure. With an ATS lock, I mean, we're not necessarily saying that a team is going to win the game, right? We're saying that an ATS lock is covering a specific spread that is locked in on CBS Sports initially when they release their games on Monday or early Tuesday. And so it's important to note that we're not predicting winners of the games. We're predicting what the specific point total will be And sometimes that ends up being a picking of a game straight up, but most of the time it's picking how much one team will either win by or how much the other team is going to lose by.
0: Very, very true. Now I would caution people even further than that to say our locks do not mean absolute guarantees. That's right. We are not going to hit every single pick we make. And quite frankly, (laughs) when you're looking into ATS competition, a weekly result in 10 games of five and five is not bad. Going 500 is not a bad thing and you better get used to it. It's going to happen a lot. So when we're trying to give out locks, especially when we have the games dictated to us, this is not us selecting our favorite 10 games, ones that are easiest to pick. Sometimes these are very, very challenging. Other weeks, they're very, very easy. It just kind of depends. But I would also signal to our listeners, when you're listening to us, if we miss, pay attention to how we miss. Did we miss very close? In that sense, I don't think we had a bad pick. Did we miss by a bunch? Okay, that's going to happen every now and then. But if we do that consistently, maybe you steer away from our advice. But if we're hitting pretty regularly every now and then, even if it's close to 50%, we're doing an okay job. And how close are we coming? Because really, our predictive nature of how these games are going to go are very, very important. And we should not have large misses very often.
1: I would very much agree with that. And it it is important when like 50% is going to be in our group by far and away, like in the top fourth of the group, you're not going to do better than six and four. You may go seven and three on some weeks. So don't get too upset if you have a three and seven week pretty early on, or if one of us do, it's part of a long season season. Where ATS is so much different than confidence
0: picks. Very, very true. I kind of look at it this way a three and seven to me is more on the bad end that I do not want to result in. I don't want One that nine. kind of result more than once or twice a season. And yep. four and six is more tolerable, though it is kind of a negative result, obviously, by the record. Five and five is okay. I'm not really happy with it, but I can live with it as long as it's not happening every single week. Then once you get to six and four, that's solid. I had a number of seven and threes a year ago during the regular season. That helped me out an awful lot. Every once in a while, we'll even see some eight and twos. We even had one person go nine and one one week. So that is very, very rare, but just get used to those types of results and don't get too down in the dumps. If you have a bad result early, you can rebound from it because other people are going to have bad results as well. That's exactly right.
1: And unlike... The confident side if you do go three and seven and the person goes seven and three at the end of the day you're only four games back it's very overcomable early on in the season because one game doesn't carry every kind of weight
0: i like it a lot all right alan As the man who finished in the top three in our bowl season against the spread contest, you finished off better than I did. So let's let you go ahead and start us off in 2023 with your first ATS lock. Why don't you give us the one that you, I guess, want to go with first or your favorite one of the week, either way. So for my first ATS pick of the year,
1: we touched on this game in the preseason in our pick and previews over the course of the summer. And I'm locking up, the TCU Horned Frogs over the Buffalo of of Colorado. I think Dion goes down there and it, it's not going to go particularly well. Um, and you may be on the same page because we talked about this at least initially. Even though TCU loses their best player at every skill position with Quentin Johnson, Kendra Miller, and of course Max Duggan. They bring in Kendall Bryles as the offensive coordinator. They bring in a couple of transfers and J.P. Richardson and Trey Sanders. The defense, I think, is probably going to be a little bit better than it was last year. They get Chandler Morris back, who, as you mentioned in the preview episode, actually beat out Max Duggan last preseason. And if not for an injury, he would have been starting over an Heisman Trophy finalist. So this year with so much turnover, even at 20 and a half, which in my opinion, that's a pretty significant line. I just don't see the ability for Colorado to hang in there, not with the sheer amount of attrition they have. There's no way that this team has gelled versus a Sonny Dykes team that's going to score points. I've got them covering that 20 and a half.
0: I like it. It is not one of my locks, but I will be on the exact same side. As we indicated on our pick and preview for TCU, I don't think that it makes a lot of sense to believe that Colorado is going to be highly competitive. Maybe they surprise us, and they are. I just don't see a likelihood that that's going to happen very often in a matchup like this. Like you said, even with losses like TCU has on its roster, they bring back an awful lot of important pieces, guys who have been contributors for this team for a long time. And I think that's going to work well against a Colorado team that is trying to gel. Sure, there's some high hopes for a guy like Shador Sanders at quarterback. Sure, there's some high hopes for Travis Hunter at cornerback and possibly we see him at wide receiver. They have Alton McCaskill transferring in from Houston at running back. I would imagine he's going to be the starter there. I did mention on the preview one thing that I would like to adjust. I mentioned the name Sadu Treor who transferred into Colorado. It turns out he was there for a short time, then transferred out to Mississippi State. So that's even one more weapon that is not with Colorado that we even talked about in the preseason. So there are some pieces there for Colorado. They even have Cormani McLean, the top overall cornerback in the 2023 class. So they have a talented defensive backfield, and that could help them out against TCU. But I think TCU is going to be too much over the course of 60 minutes, and I think they could win this game by a 24, 28. I think you could see it get up into the 30s. I I think it could be a complete blowout. I think all of those things are on the table and probably happen more often than Colorado being very competitive and keeping this thing within three scores or at least at 17 points.
1: Yeah, I feel like this ends up somewhere around like a 52, 20, even at 45 to 20. That covers the spread. So you're looking at if you get three touchdowns and that's not a huge deal. 42-21, you're still covering the spread. I feel pretty good on this one.
0: We even saw the defense for TCU make some strides a year ago. And Mm -hmm. while they were not great and they certainly struggled during portions of the season, they did make some strides, they got better, and while they're not great, they do have a veteran presence at a lot of levels of that defense, and they bring back a lot of guys who played a lot of snaps. So I even feel pretty good about that. While I don't love this TCU defense, and I'm not making some projection that they are going to make some massive leap forward, I think they should project pretty well to defending against a Colorado team that's really trying to find their way early in the season.
1: And we don't know what Shadur Sanders can do against this level of competition. It's just never happened. So I'm not saying that he's not going to be able to play, but it's just a different level and different speed. And quite frankly, Jackson State just didn't play consistently somebody like a TCU. It just didn't happen, especially not on the road. So we'll see. But that's one that I feel pretty good about with the Horned Frogs.
0: I feel good about it too. Like I said, it's not a lock, but it was a near – miss on my board for making a lock. So it was right there on the cusp of it. And I just didn't go the same place, but I will have TCU on my board minus those 20 and a half points. So for my first ATS lock, Alan, I'm going to take you from going with your lock with one of the largest spreads we see over on cbssports.com to the absolute smallest spread we see where UTSA visits Houston as we have the Cougars as a half point favorite in their first year in the Big 12. UTSA is coming over with their first year in the American. So new conferences, a couple of teams that played each other a year ago. We saw them early last season with Houston winning 37-35 in triple overtime. We talked about that game here on this podcast, and I think there's some fascinating things to look at with both of these rosters. You look at Houston, the team that won that game a year ago in triple overtime. Dana Holgerson's back at head coach. But they switch over at quarterback. Clayton Toon is now gone off to the NFL. In his place is Texas Tech transfer Donovan Smith. Tank Dell goes off to the NFL, their top wide receiver. And they do have a lot of different guys who should be able to help out at wide receiver. But I'm looking at a bunch of guys who've been good, maybe solid, nothing tremendous. There's Matthew Golden. He had roughly 600 yards a year ago. Sam Brown, nearly 500 yards a year ago. They bring in transfer Joshua Cobbs from Wyoming, who had about 400 yards a year ago, and Stefan Johnson from Oklahoma State, who had about 300 yards a year ago. So they're preaching this thing about, hey, we've got more depth. We've got a group of guys that are kind of going to share in the load. I don't look at that as a great thing because Tank Dell was a tremendous player. And now you go to this group of guys who you hope somebody's going to step up, but I'm not sure who. Who that is. Also on that side, you have running back Alton McCaskill who transferred in the spring like we just talked about to Colorado. So he is out. His replacement is going to be Stacy Sneed, who had a pretty good year ago going for 500 yards and five touchdowns. So that may be kind of a wash, but Alton McCaskill had a lot of people thinking very highly of him. So I don't even know that that's a net neutral for Houston. It may be even a step back. And then on the defensive side, there's still some star power. On the defensive line, they've got defensive ends and Nelson Caesar and Zyke is strong. They've got a defensive tackle. I'm going to try this name in Chidozi Nwankwo. And then they've got an edge coming over from Oklahoma. Again, I'll try the name David Uguobu. So, fascinating names. He, in particular, was an All-Big 12 performer a year ago, and then they bring back some injured guys from a year ago to start in the secondary, plus a bunch of transfers. So really with this team, they didn't have a very good defense a year ago. I think you have a downgrade at quarterback. I think you probably have a downgrade at running back. I think you have a downgrade in the wide receiver room because of Tank Dell going to the NFL. And this defense, while they are talking about some star power, I really didn't think they were that good a year ago. You flip it to the other side and UTSA brings back just about everybody. This Mm -hmm. offense has been awesome. We have seen them a bunch and we've gotten very familiar with this team. Frank Harris comes back for his seventh year at quarterback. He threw for 4,000 yards and ran for 600 yards a year ago. Zachary Franklin does leave. He transfers out to Ole Miss. That's the one big loss for this team. But in the opposite way that I talked about Houston, When you look at UTSA, they've got a bunch of dudes who have stepped up big time at wide receiver who are going to be filling in for Franklin. So he was the number one guy, but Joshua Cephas has been there. He nearly went for a thousand yards a year ago, plus six touchdowns. DeCorian Clark was there. He went for nearly 750 yards and eight touchdowns. Their tight end. Oscar Cardenas went for over 400 yards in a couple of scores, plus their running back, a freshman, Kavorian Barnes, went for over 800 yards a year ago, and he didn't even start until late in the season. They bring back three of five starting offensive linemen, and while their defense was not exceptional a year ago, they also bring back a lot of guys who are kind of familiar with their system, kind of like what you talked about with TCU. So, I think they could take a step forward, though I don't think they need a big step forward on the defense to still be very, very good because their offense is going to be awesome. Alan, I am going to the other side from where I went a year ago with this pick. I am taking UTSA plus half a point. Essentially, it's a pick You're just looking for a winner, but I'm taking the Roadrunners plus half a point as an ATS lock on CBS Sports.
1: I like it. This was one that I honestly very much considered. And... A lot of it has to do with all the things that Houston is losing, as you mentioned, all of that. And then the fact that Frank Harris is coming back for his 147th year. He was quarterback of UTSA when Abraham Lincoln was fighting the (laughs) Civil War. And, I mean, good for him. In all honesty, like, kudos to that guy. But I'm with you on this one. This is one that feels like a really good value play and one that could even be something if you're looking in the other pick contest and the confident side, you could probably get some value on. I like the Roadrunners. This is going to be a confident crew and it's a team that uh, is even going to come kneel to stadium. So I'm going to get to watch them maybe up close and personal, which will be fun.
0: Are you going to be there?
1: I don't know yet. Very potentially though. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool.
0: Well, as a note for everybody else as well, I don't put a huge amount of significance into this, but the line we got on CBSSports.com is UTSA plus half a point. On the live lines that are out there right now, UTSA is now the favorite by a point and a half. So I don't put a huge amount of significance into that other than it's the trend with the betting world out there is following along with my thought process with this game absolutely right off the bat. So it supports kind of what I'm saying, but it's not the reason I'm making a play like this. I just like the matchup 100%. And really, honestly, you look back at that game again a year ago that Houston won in triple overtime. When you look back at how that game played out, I believe 100% UTSA should have won that game. They outgained them by about 100 yards. They went 0-2 for two on yep. fourth downs. There were opportunities for UTSA to win that game more so than Houston. And Houston kind kind. kind of just found their way into it because UTSA didn't execute quite as well as they should have.
1: Yep, that's exactly right. And that was kind of the same thing that happened at the end of UTSA's season. If you think about it, just too many errors and not enough uh, production. One of those things that could have turned a very good year to an exceptional year on their end. But yeah, I think this Roadrunner
0: team is going to be pretty dang good again. All right, Alan, where are you going for your second ATS lock over on CBS Sports with Week 1? Oh, man, this is one that I
1: kind of scoured a little bit looking for some value here to lock in. So I am going with the Army Cadets locking it in at an eight-and-a-half-point spread over the Louisiana Monroe Warhawks, which is the dumbest name I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. That live line, that's a little trick that we kind of picked up on last year that is honestly really important because you get to see how the money's coming in throughout the week, and this is one where that line has moved. So it started at 8.5 on Monday, which is when CBS locks it in. That spread is now at Army being a 10-point favorite, and that's not because Army is all-world because they've got a pretty tough schedule And their over-under win total is right at six. But this Louisiana Monroe team was horrendous last year. They had the 22nd worst total offense and the 24th worst total defense in all of college football. They were only able to total about 200 yards passing per game on offense, which was 100th in the FBS. And it ranks 80th in allowing 230 yards per contest, which is not something that Army's going to take advantage of a ton, but they are bringing in a little bit different of an offense. And Jeff Munkin is a coach that really knows what he's doing. He's brought Army to a really successful run in their history. This feels like a no-brainer, even on the road, because the Warhawks ain't going to do crap because it's not a real thing. I'm going with the cadets, locking it up at minus eight and a half.
0: I understand it. And I generally like it. This one wasn't as close to a lock for me, though I considered it slightly. I believe I am going to be on the same side with army minus the points. This is one where I have a little bit of hesitation because they are making a pretty big transformation with their offense. They're going to more of a shotgun spread look rather than the old school traditional service Academy, triple option offense. So It'll depend on kind of what that looks like. You know, I think they have some optimism that they can make that transition maybe reasonably well, that they've got some talent at wide receiver. Little did we ever know that, but they certainly yeah. have an army of packs in their backfield, and they should be able to move the football if they can make that transition relatively well. I do tend to believe, though, that when a team makes a change like this, I think we saw this with Georgia Tech for a couple of years, that because the transition is so harsh, and going from a smaller offensive lineman to trying to bulk up a little bit more and get a more powerful offensive line and things like that you do when you have a triple option offense, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Army, sure, maybe spread it out, maybe run shotgun, but maybe run some traditional triple option plays. And I think that might very well help them if they do that. I hope that's the case, because if they do, I think it probably ensures that their offense is probably more successful than not. Not saying that it's going to be a disaster or anything like that, but I just have questions about how easy that transition is going to be. But it certainly helps that it's against UL Monroe. I think that's a good thing, and I tend to believe that Army is going to have the ability to, to effectively move them around and score some points. So I generally lean with you. I think I'm going to take Army minus the eight and a half points. This one just wasn't a lock for me either.
1: I think that's totally fair, right? Each of us, based on kind of where we are, feel more comfortable with something different. And this is one that looking at it, I'm like, you know what? I feel pretty good about this, even though They're going to have a different style of offense. This is a great team to break in something like that against, even if it is on the road.
0: I like it. All right, Alan, for my final ATS lock of week one, I am going to go to our other largest spread this week. I'm looking at Penn State as a 20-and-a-half point favorite versus West Virginia, one of the bottom dwellers of the Big 12. And I do not imagine that is going to change. So if you can imagine what I'm going with at this point, I'll go ahead and lock it up. With Penn State minus the 20 and a half points, but here is why. Penn State returns what is possibly one of the best offensive lines in all of college football. That's led by left tackle Olu Fishanu, who spurned the NFL draft to come back. There are people talking about him as a first rounder, and he could have gone in the draft, yet he is back. There's some people that believe this is the best offensive line in the Big Ten, some people that believe it could be the best one in the nation. Now, there is a change at quarterback with Sean Clifford moving on. In comes Drew Aller, a former five-star recruit who I have heard good things about. He's got a big arm. He's got a lot of ability. We've seen him in limited time before, and he's been pretty good. How will that translate? I don't know exactly, but to help ease things for him, not only does he have one of the better offensive lines in all of college football, he's got one of the best backfields in all of college football with running backs Nick Singleton and Catron Allen. Those guys combine to go for close to 2,000 yards a year ago and 22 touchdowns between them. I think this running game should be tremendous. And then if you get the good end of Drew Aller and this receiving core, which I have some questions about, then you certainly have a potential for a very potent offense. So the wide receiver is a little bit of a question for me. They have Keandre Lambert-Smith back, a guy who went for about 400 yards and four touchdowns a year ago. They have Harrison Wallace back who went for about 300 yards a year ago. They do have a transfer in Dante Cephas coming in from Kent State, which could be kind of an X factor for this team, offensively at least. In 2021 with Kent State, he had 82 receptions for 1,240 yards and nine touchdowns. Now, he's been banged up, and he's coming back in, and the word is that he's in competition for one of the starting spots. I would love it if he just took one of the starting spots, but if he comes in and takes one of those spots, it could be that he's a big-time factor for this team. I think that could be a big lift to them, but right now there's some question about that. Theo Jackson's a good tight end as well. He went for over 300 yards and four scores a year ago. So the passing game, I hope for Penn State fans, takes a lift up with Aller coming in. I think there's some potential for that, but he has to have some of these guys step up at receiver. Then you look at the defensive side of the ball, and Manny Diaz is cooking up some defense, man. He's got seven starters back. They've got stars at every level. Cornerback, Kalen King. Linebacker Abdul Carter led them in sacks as a freshman with six and a half. On the defensive line, they've got a couple of top players returning. Adisa Isaac and Chop Robinson at defensive end in particular are some of the stars there. This team is loaded on the defensive side. They should be able to run the ball very, very effectively. And then if the offense really clicks in the passing game, watch out. And on the other side, you've got West Virginia that They return a big offensive line. They return a young running back in C.J. Donaldson, who went for over 500 yards a year ago, and people think highly of. But there's no more J.T. Daniels at quarterback. Instead, they're bringing in Garrett Green, who is a running quarterback. And I don't think we have a lot of evidence that he can throw the ball really well right now. So maybe they're going to try some zone read type stuff. But going against a veteran athletic defense that Penn State has, I don't like the odds of that working out well. And then you look at the receiving core there, and I have questions as well. They bring in transfer Devin Carter from NC State, who in four seasons there always averaged kind of 400 to 500 yards. And I've always said, even a couple times on this podcast, that he's a guy that looks the part but has never kind of lived up to what I think he should be with the type of physical ability that I think he possesses. They also bring in Jay Sean Polk from Kent State, a transfer. But when we talk about Penn State, transfer, wide receiver, Dante Cephas, who went for 1,200 yards a couple of years ago. Polk went for 300 yards, And he did that consistently over three seasons. So he's kind of an average guy. So I don't think there's a lot of weapons on the outside. I don't even think Garrett Green is capable of getting them the ball. And then you flip over to the defensive side of the ball, and this team has lost a lot from a couple of seasons ago. Dante Stills went to the NFL draft. Jordan Jefferson transferred to LSU. Apart from that, they're bringing in a lot of transfers. They return three safeties. They've got one linebacker who... Seems to be getting a lot of recognition in Lee Kapogba, but other than that, I don't think this West Virginia team is going to offer a lot in the line of getting in the way of teams defensively or offering a lot of diversity offensively. So I think that Penn State's defense is well equipped to shut them down, limit their scoring quite a bit, and I think. Penn State has the potential to put some points on the board and is probably going to be looking to do that in week one in front of a big audience. So I think that there is a good chance that the Nittany Lions put up a good number of points and certainly limit West Virginia. I'm locking it up. Give me Penn State minus the 20 and a half.
1: I really like that. I think there's a very, very good chance in looking at this Penn State team that they're the second best team to Michigan in the Big Ten. I think the pecking order goes one Michigan, two Penn State, three Ohio State, or at least two A and two B, with Michigan probably being a little bit ahead of both of them, just based on recent history. And I don't particularly think West Virginia is going to be all that good. This is a heck of a tough opener for them. This obviously wasn't one of my locks, but I like that a whole, whole lot because I'm very high on this Penn State team.
0: Love it. Now, as we shut down this episode, Alan, we've got a couple more things to talk about. We have to give a shout out on the show because we have our very first season ticket holder. Jordan joined the team just this week and he has opened up the opportunity to listen to every Pick'em Profile that we gave during the off season. That includes the TCU episode that we just so happen to talk about with your lock against Colorado. Anyway, here in this episode, he also gets access to the spreadsheet. That's the spreads versus the confidence values sheet that I update each and every day throughout the week. I made that decision. I am going to continue updating that all throughout the week so that anybody who uses that gets to see kind of where these spreads change and how it relates to confidence values and how that would set people up for finding some value on their board and even listening to our podcast later this week when they can find out kind of what, we look at in our confidence value picks coming up next on our next episode. So there's a lot of stuff to look at there. And then anybody who is a walk on or higher can go ahead and listen to that confidence pick and pod coming up next. They're going to get access to that. That will cost you just $2.50 per month on Patreon. And then a bonus deal that we have coming this season is for all our team captains that is right now Joshua and Bruce and Regina. That's $5 per month on Patreon. You're also going to get bonus picks written in our emails going out on a weekly basis from Zane Chapelier, and he is going to give you his ATS locks as well as his confidence value picks. So there's going to be a lot of variety coming in there. And then all that money from those subscriptions is going to go back into the pot for 2024 and beyond. So a lot of cool things coming. But, Alan, we have opened the door for what we have coming next. And we're going to have another episode coming for those Patreon subscribers at the walk-on tier or higher. A lot of fun stuff here on the Blackout, sir.
1: That's exactly right, man. Y'all need to come and join us so you can get these good confidence picks as well.
0: Now, if you're sitting here listening to us go back and forth about these ATS locks, and you go, Thomas, Alan, I just don't have the time to be able to invest in 25 or 30 minutes in two episodes per week as we're getting down to crunch time, getting into the weekend. Well, we are changing things. This is the first time that we've run a regular season episodes where we're giving out our ATS locks on the first episode, confidence value picks on the second episode. What we're also going to do for those subscribers who are paying for our content is on our next episode, right before we drop our confidence value picks, we're also going to drop our ATS locks. We're just going to give an abbreviated version of them just so someone could tune in if you don't have time to listen to both episodes you can listen to just the second one in a given week and still get all of our picks so it's another way to help out anybody who is a paying subscriber and alan i think another nice way for us to be able to give our content in a quick fashion for people to get in get out quick and get all our content throughout the week
1: that's exactly right i think it's very much worthwhile
0: All right, just as we said, five and five results are not to be ashamed of on an ATS Pick'Em over on CBS Sports. It's going to happen. It could happen to one of us as we get started in week one, though I feel pretty good about week one where I have it at this point. And the fact that we're all on the same page at least with the four picks we talked about. That feels pretty good. Hopefully it comes out in our favor. But Alan, as you've talked about, the confidence pick is the sweet spot that we kind of hit. We regularly finish up in the 93rd, 94th, 95th, even higher percentiles than that at times. And it is the place where we have found a lot of, of helpful advice on the podcast. It's where we've built our own niche. So that's the place where we really find the most value that we give out. And it makes sense with a confidence value kind of situation where you've got to lay points aggressively at times, and uh, we're going to give out our confidence value pick. So looking forward to that, and certainly something that is nuanced and holds a lot of value as we go throughout the season. Mm-hmm. You're not kidding, bro. All right, Alan, as always, thank you for your time. Looking forward to covering the Confidence Value Picks with you up next. Yes, sir. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here.